OWC Radio number 16. We're old enough to drive. Folks, Tim Robertson, OWC Radio. Yep, this is the 16th episode of OWC Radio, and uh, 16. That's a, a big number for my two oldest girls because both of them, on their next birthday, turn 16, and it's exciting for me too because I get to see my insurance rates go way, way up. Yay me! Actually, after uh, after this last week, my insurance rates may be going up anyways. Somebody hit my car. Yeah, I know. I talked about it on the last podcast, and today I actually got it into the shop, and they gave me a loaner, a, a Buick Century. So I traded in my Honda Accord for a Buick Century for probably about a week, and that's okay. Um, the one thing I liked about the Honda is when I hit the gas, you could tell you hit the gas, you'd just get up and go. Well, not so much with the Buick Century. The Buick Century, you hit the gas, and the car goes, huh? Well, what, what was that? Oh, you want to go? Okay, here we go. Um, uh, that's kind of, you know, the uh, that was the sound of the motor. Yeah, I know. I'm not rich little, but hey, I try, right? So anyways, uh, the Buick will uh, will get me through. And uh, the nice thing about having a car <laughs> this coming Monday is I'm going to Woodstock, Illinois, going to pay a visit to the home office. And Grant Dalkey and I are going to do a couple videos. We've got some... I think a pretty fun plan, so look for those at OWC-TV here in the very near future. And, of course, OWC-TV, OWC-TV installation videos, and OWC-Radio can all be found in the iTunes Music Store. Speaking of, going to take stuff a little bit out of order today. Speaking of the iTunes Music Store, did you see the news that Apple sold its 10 billionth yeah, that was with a B, 10 billionth song this week in iTunes. The 10 billionth song was Guess That's the Way Things Happen by Johnny Cash, and Apple gave away a $10,000 gift card to a Mr. Louis Sulker from Woodstock, Georgia. Wait a minute. A $10,000 iTunes gift card? Did I... I don't remember seeing an iTunes gift card that was priced at $10,000 the last time I was at Target, but I... I guess it's there. But seriously, what would you do with $10,000 with an iTunes gift card? Obviously, you never, ever, ever have to worry about spending money for apps or music or television or movies or, wow, $10,000. Really, I, realistically, how long would that really last you? Seriously. Okay, with the iPad coming out, you're going to get some apps for that. If you already own an iPhone or an iPod Touch, there are some apps. But really, what's the most expensive app, realistically? Like 99 bucks for a GPS? And even those have come down to like 79 or 69 now. Movies? I mean, even if you buy them in high def, they're like 15 bucks. How many songs can you really listen to, honestly? Uh, I think that Mr. Louis Sulker from Woodstock, Georgia, is sitting kind of pretty. That's a lot of dough to spend in the iTunes Music Store. So congratulations to him. And uh, I guess congratulations to Apple for 
I don't know, doing a good job, patting him on the back. I don't know. That's a lot of music. That's a lot of TV. Well, is it a lot of TV shows? My understanding is they don't sell a whole lot of TV shows on there. Hmm. So anyways, uh, if you want to get a hold of us here on the show, it's twitter.com slash OWC radio. You can send us email podcast at macsales.com or you can leave a voice message at 1-801-938-5559. And of course, I encourage you to go visit our website, owcradio.com. Up on the website right now, I've got a Mac Voices TV. That's Chuck Joyner's gig. And if you've never seen Mac Voices TV, Chuck does an, just an excellent job with these videos. I saw him recording a lot of stuff during the Macworld Expo. And this is one of the things he recorded. It's uh, Mac Voices at Macworld Expo. Grant Dalkey at Otherworld Computing shows the speed and strength of their solid-state drives. And I posted a copy of it at OWCRadio.com if you guys want to check that out. I'm looking up here on the site because it's I've been so busy this week, I tell you. There's a lot of stuff up there. I've got another uh, interview that Grant did, and that was with Macworld TV. So let's jump right into the... Oh, well, before we get into the news, I want to tell you something kind of cool that happened to me. So on, I'm going to say Wednesday, and I could be wrong, but it was either Wednesday or Tuesday, but I think it was Wednesday. I went to Best Buy, and I needed to get a power strip. Big mistake going to Best Buy to buy a power strip because they're like $25. And I was I told the sales guy, I was like, man, it's just a power strip. I Well, this one's got this, that, and the other. I just need a power strip. I have a backup battery that I'm going to plug this into that's surge protected. I just need a power strip, like a 4 or $5 power strip, $25. Thanks, no thanks. But here's the thing. Over the last, I don't know, month and a half or so, my wife and I have been looking at upgrading, getting a new digital camera. We use an older 6.1 megapixel, pickle, <laughs> a megapixel, that's just like a big pickle, a megapixel HP camera, which when it was brand new, seemed to take pretty good pictures, but it's just a little cheap point and shoot, you know? And with the kids being so active uh, over the last month or so in indoor sports, we have one daughter who is playing indoor soccer and another is playing volleyball. We wanted to obviously take pictures, but boy, the pictures just come out terrible that we take with the HP camera. I mean, it, it really looks bad. Um, and you could tell that the whatever I used to take this picture was just not really a high-quality camera. So we decided we're going to buy a nice camera. And at first, we were looking at a uh, DSLR. But the problem with, honestly, a DSLR is the price. For just a, a, a pretty nice one is $599, $599 and up. And the $599 ones, quite honestly, is more than what we need, but it's kind of future-proof for us. We just couldn't justify spending that much money. So we decided we're just going to get another point and click. Not really the choice that we wanted to make. We just had a hard time justifying, you know, $600 for a camera and how often would we really use it? Because honestly, I always have my iPhone with me and so does she. And we both use our iPhones to take, you know, the everyday pictures. The kids are doing something funny. The iPhone's right there. You take a picture. 
you see a um, a car stuck that you know you're parked next to, you take a picture with your iPhone. I use that analogy because that happened to my wife. She was stuck in traffic, very snowy road. She wanted to show me uh, why she was late. Took a picture with her iPhone, emailed me the photo. So within two minutes, I saw her stuck in traffic and why this you know big truck was stuck in the road. A lot of snow. So how often would we use a $600 DSLR? So we started looking at the point and shoots and around 250 is a is the budget we were looking at. And we hadn't bought one yet. We're st- we're still looking. So I'm in Best Buy like I said Tuesday or Wednesday. And after I declined to buy the $25 power strip, I'm walking by the cameras. And any store that has cameras now, I usually stop and look because we're in the market for one. And there, under glass, is an open box, not used by anybody, but it was a display model, a Sony DSLR 300K, regular uh, $599 to $729, something like that. Open box, $299. What? $299? So I had someone from Best Buy come over and open the case and hand it to me and let me look at it. Now, the catch was it didn't have the box, but it did have all the manuals. It had the battery charger. had all, everything that came with the camera originally, except it didn't have a battery. This had originally been marked down to $499 because it was an open box. And that's when they found out that someone had probably stolen the battery because it wasn't in the camera. So they marked it down to $299 just hours before I got there. Quick cell phone conversation with my wife later. I bought the phone Found a battery for it for like 30 bucks. Here, there's a place right here in town that sells nothing but batteries. They had one right in stock. So, $299 plus a $30 battery and a $30, get this, 30 bucks for an 8 gig, 8 gigabyte card. Wow. And it's not the SD card, it's the uh, compact flash, so it's a little bigger. And it's the high performance CF cards. So, realistically, Still, I'm less than 400 bucks, and I have a DSLR that takes fabulous pictures. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know a lot about photography. I mean, I can look at a picture and say, oh, that's a great picture, or that's a horrible picture, that sort of thing. But that's about it. I mean, I'm by no stretch of the imagination a photographer. I work in video. That's where my expertise lies, but not in still photography. But this camera has kind of got me excited. I'm really kind of into starting to take a lot of pictures. When the camera takes great pictures, regardless of the idiocy of the user, i.e. me, you you just want to take more pictures. I took, I'm going to say 60 pictures sitting on the couch the first night we had it, just of the kids playing. Now, granted, probably 30% of them were not very good photos, but the rest look great. I mean, it looks really good. So I'm happy to get a uh, DSLR. I'm curious, where do you guys go online to learn more about digital photography? Is there like a website out there that you would recommend? I And I'm asking for me personally. I'd really like to know. I'll share your answers here on the show if you'll allow me. But I really want to know, what do you guys, where do you guys go online to get information so you can get the best out of your cameras or, you know, composition and lighting conditions and what the ISO settings and all that stuff is. I don't know. 
And when I'm, I don't know something, I'll be the first to throw up my hands and say, I don't know, don't ask me. So that's been going on in my life lately. Let's jump into a little bit of news. I got a uh, an email that pointed me to a discussion that was going online. And the subject was, are Macs still a must-have for graphic or video professionals? I thought this was kind of germane to what we talk about here on the OWC Radio podcast. So let me read this to you, and i got to move my microphone a little bit because, you know, this is one of those overhead mics, and I got this so the microphone stand wouldn't get between me and the keyboard, and I could work the computer a lot easily, a lot more easily as I'm recording the show. But the problem with the overhead mic is now that it blocks the screen. I'm going to college for media, in particular video. I know that historically since the 80s, Macs have been used by graphics and video professionals, but are they still so standard in the industry? I'm wondering this because I am wondering, well, there's two wonderings right there. Well, he hasn't been to college yet, so we'll forgive him for that. Uh, If it is so necessary to get one for college. I have used Final Cut Pro in a couple of short films, and I like it a lot, but Adobe Premiere Pro for Windows seems to be virtually the same thing. The major factor is cutting the cost. $1,000 plus MacBook specs are rivaled by a $700 laptop toting Windows. I thought this was a, an excellent point. A, is Adobe Premiere Pro equal to Final Cut Pro? Well, I've got both programs. And B, can you really compare a $700 laptop to a just $1,000 MacBook Pro? Or a MacBook, he says. So that's two different questions. I'm going to take them in reverse order. A, is a MacBook better than a $700 laptop? Is that $300 price difference, Is can you justify that? Well, I think anybody that listens to this show, I don't even have to argue that point with you guys. You all know the benefits of using a Mac over Windows. I would tell this young person... How much is your time worth? If you want to sit down, import your video footage, and just get to work, get a Mac. If you don't mind tinkering with the computer to get it to do what it's supposed to do, because, let's be honest, it's Windows, and it's very rare that things just work most of the time. If you don't mind tinkering with it or having to configure different files, and go ahead and get the PC. Save your 300 bucks. For me, personally, even when I was younger, this person's age, looking to get into an industry that, you know, quite honestly, it's it's very rewarding. If that's the industry you want to get into, what's the industry using? Are they using PCs or are they using Macs? They're using Macs. Going backwards, Adobe Premiere Pro versus Final Cut Pro. Again, let's look at what the professionals are using. If you want to make money in this industry... Well, what are the professionals using? They're using Final Cut Pro. Now, granted, you can probably get away with going with Final Cut Pro Express because the features that you're going to be missing isn't going to be a big deal for you at this stage in your filmmaking career as a student. Eventually, yeah, you'll probably want to get the Pro version, but you know what? At that point, cost isn't going to be the factor. It's going to be features. So if I was uh, advising this young student, I would have to say get the MacBook and get Final Cut Pro Express. Final Cut Express, not Final Cut Pro Express. Final Cut Express, cut your teeth on the same type of hardware and the same 
basically the same software that the professionals are using. And guess what? You're going to be ahead of the game. You don't want to get to the pro level and not know what you're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. Adobe Premiere Pro is not too bad. I've got the Mac version, and it's okay. It's I would attribute it more like uh, the older iMovie, even though the layout looks more like Final Cut. But honestly, Final Cut is just the way to go. So are Macs still a must-have for graphics and or video professionals? I say yes. I'm curious what you guys think, though. Do you think it is? I do. Let's get in a bit of, a little bit of news before we wrap the show. It's going to be a, a light show today. From TUAW, the unofficial AppleWeblog.com. And, by the way, all the uh, links to everything that I talk about is going to be on the show notes page at OWCRadio.com. Just look for show number 16. I have links to everything that I'm talking about right there. From TUAW.com, Plants vs. Zombies sold over 300,000 copies at $2.99 in just nine days. That's a record. Wow. That's over a million bucks right there. Well, close to it anyways. 300,000 copies. Now, just because they sell a lot doesn't mean it's a great game, right? Yeah, it does in this case. Because you know what? I've been playing... Plants vs. Zombies on my iPhone for days now. And I beat the game on the second day. Literally, I, I beat the game. And I, I'm going back through it again. I'm this is uh this is it right here. Let me turn up the volume. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's a fun game. It's uh Basically, you own a house in the game, and zombies are attacking. And your only defense is to plant different plants in your yard to ward off the zombies, uh, including walnuts, um, pea shooters, sunflowers. Uh, they try to get in the front. They try to get in the back. They go try to go through the pool. Uh, they get on your roof, and you have to stop them on your roof. It's more of a castle defense game than anything else, but oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It is definitely worth the $2.99 to pick up this game. The iMac, oh, I'm sorry, just the Mac versus iPhone game experience. This comes from McSolo, M-C-S-O-L-O.com, and I'll have a link to exactly this article. Um, Rob McFleck. McElfish, Fresh, McElfresh. Boy, that's not one that rule. Ron McElfresh at McSolo has a great comparison between the Mac and the iPhone gaming, including pricing and availability. Now, let's be honest. Gaming on the Mac is not very good. Why? Because the stuff that comes out for the Mac comes out a long time after the fact that it came out on the PC or the console. A uh, prime example of this, and it, <laughs> I got Bioshock in the mail for a review maybe, I don't know, two, three months ago. And they're all excited to send me Bioshock for the Mac. And it's like, really? Bioshock? I was playing this on the Xbox 360 three years ago. I mean, Bioshock 2 just came out for the Xbox 360. And I believe the PC. And you're just releasing the very first game on the Mac now? Uh, 
It's it's a has been. It's a also ran. This was like game of the year in two thousand and eight or two thousand and seven. I mean, it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, the gaming market on the Macintosh is just is non-existent as far as I'm concerned. Now, look at the same thing on the iPhone. Exactly the opposite is happening. Everything is coming out on the iPhone now. Now, I'll go back to Plants vs. Zombies. You can buy that on your Mac. It costs 20 bucks. Now, of course, it's going to be easier to play on a Mac because you get a bigger screen. I think that most games are easier to play with a mouse than a game controller. But the iPhone is different. They have exactly the same game, from what I understand, on the iPhone as they do on the Mac. The Mac version, 20 bucks. The iPhone version, 299 You see what I'm getting at? What's the difference? A bigger screen on the Mac? Well, how much of a difference is that going to make when the iPad comes out? So I think that if you're a Mac user and you also happen to have an iPhone and soon an iPad, and I'm so getting an iPad, by the way, I think the gaming is night and day. I think you definitely have to say that gaming on the Mac this just doesn't seem to be happening. Although I have heard that Valve is considering releasing Steam. It's a game selling and playing and downloading service that's extremely popular on the PC, that they're talking about releasing Steam for the Mac. If they do that, we could be having a totally different conversation um, in the near future. Do I hope they do that? Absolutely. I think Steam on the Mac would be a huge hit. Are you, are you a, a gamer? Are you someone that will play games on the Mac if they actually start releasing games on the Mac? I am. I'll play some games. But, you know, to sit down in front of my computer and actually play a game is kind of like I have to plan for it. And it seems kind of like a time suck, if you know what I mean. Whereas on the iPhone, and soon to be the iPad, or if you happen to have an iPod Touch, same thing. You know, I've got five minutes. I'm sitting there waiting for the water to boil while I'm cooking dinner. I could play a quick game of Plants vs. Zombies. Or if I'm in the bathroom, Plants vs. Zombies. Waiting for the the dryer to buzz. It's got just a few seconds. I'm not going to go back upstairs. I could play a quick game of something. My point is, with the mobile platform, it's wherever you're at, you could play a game. On the Mac and the PC for that matter, and game consoles for that matter. It's an activity that you go to do, and you have to go where that computer is. Or you have to go where your television is that has the game consoles connected to it. So it's definitely a different gaming experience, and I think by far the better gaming experience is the handheld market. It's just exploding. And I didn't even talk about the Sony and the Nintendo handheld offerings. Chris Breen at Macworld.com has an almost six-minute video on how to capture Internet radio on your Mac. Definitely, definitely worth viewing, and again, I'll have a link to it. There's some great Internet radio shows that you can hear on your Mac. There really is. In fact, it's built right into iTunes, a lot of stuff. If you go into iTunes, there's hundreds of listings of Internet radio shows that you can listen to. Unfortunately, iTunes does not give you the ability to record them. Now, there's a lot of different solutions. Personally, what I use that I've used in the past, I haven't lately because I've got, I listen to podcasts and stuff like that. Um, I use Audio Hijack Pro, and I just record my iTunes stream, and boom, there it is. 
that works just great. But there's so much good content to listen to online. And uh, I think that this is a fantastic video that Chris Breen put together for Macworld. You should definitely check it out. And if you're not listening to audio online, and I know you're listening to some because you're listening to OWC Radio right now, uh, check it out. There's just a huge wealth of offerings out there. And it's kind of a shame if you're not taking advantage of it because people are putting it out there for you to listen to. So listen to it and enjoy it. Bakari Shavaru of AppleMatters.com has a good review of Mac Speech. That's the dictation software that you basically talk to your Mac and it transcribes what you're saying. So you just dictate. If you're writing a, an article or a story or whatever, you just dictate to the Mac and the Mac translates your speech to text. His uh, experience, not so good. It's it's trial and error. He thinks some of it's his own fault that he's not really good at dictation. And if you don't mind some errors, it's it's a good way to go. And, hey, if you like Apple history, Chris Seabolt at AppleMatters.com has his uh, This Day in Apple History. It's well worth checking out. Uh, Chris Siebold is a good friend of mine, and he's done a, a fabulous job of bringing Apple history to Apple Matters. Um, really thought out articles, and I like history, so I always enjoy it. Oh, and Bakari, by the way, is a good friend of mine as well. And if truth be known, I got both of them into Mac writing to begin with. <laughs> so I think that's going to do it up for uh, OWC podcast number 16. We'll keep it under a half hour. I'd really appreciate your feedback. Uh, it would make my job a whole lot easier. Plus, you know what? I really like to hear from you guys. What do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to hear me talk about? Um, send in your audio feedback if you want. That way I can get you on the show. You can send an audio recording to podcast at com. And if you would like to come on the show sometime, have a conversation with me, hey, let me know. We can arrange that. We can talk via Twitter, and I'll get you on the show. Again, podcast at com is the email address. Twitter is OWC Radio. And you can always leave a voice message at 1-801-938-5559. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the show, get this posted so you guys can enjoy it over the weekend. Monday, I head to Woodstock, Illinois. If you want to uh, stand on the side of the highway and hold up a big sign that says, Welcome to Chicago area, Tim, I'll look for you. If not, I don't blame you because I just, I don't know why I said that. You're not going to do that. Who would do that? You'd be a crazy person to do that. All right, I'm out of here. You guys have a great weekend and uh, safe computing. <laughs>